it's time to kickstart your confidence. In this podcast, you will hear open and honest interviews with business owners and like-minded people who have struggled and then how they've overcome their own issues. Listen to their real-life struggles and personal accounts of how they've changed their lives and continue to do so on a daily basis. Get rid of stress, own your own space and thoughts. It's time to take control, build your personal health and well-being improve as you travel with us on this journey. And now your host, former British champion, owner and chief instructor of Hastings Kickboxing Academy and third Dan Black Belt, Carl Denning. Hi, so today you're here listening to myself, Carl Denny, uh, but I'm here with a good friend of mine, Stuart Bailey, who also runs his own podcast channel. And with what's going on at the moment, I thought it'd be really important and also really helpful for the community to work out what's going on. So rather than me waffle on about myself to you guys, I thought me and Stuart can sit down, we can have a catch up and a chin wag uh, over a cup of tea and he's going to question me. Um, on the podcast about what's going on currently. And there's quite a lot going on currently. <laughs> yes. Um, anybody who subscribes to your YouTube, uh, not YouTube channel, anybody who subscribes to your Facebook channels can't have missed what's going on at the moment. Well, hopefully not. <laughs> um, bigger, better. Beginning of the year, you're going to be in a completely new gym. Yeah. How does it feel? What's... What's happening? What's <laughs> it, it's quite surreal at the moment. Um, I've had two two people come up today to help do a bit of painting and some cleaning and tidying while I'm up there, and they've walked in and they've gone, "Oh my god!" And because it, I've been up there every day for two months, cleaning, tidying, ripping out walls. I mean, it's been a building site for two months. I suppose I've got used to it, and it doesn't feel particularly big because there's so much mess. And then today we started tidying up, but. Other people, when they come in, they're like, wow, this is insane. And I was like, mm-hmm. and I because I haven't stepped back and looked at it yet. I've just gone full steam ahead. I've gone in there with a hammer and sander and, you know, just started cutting things out. So, yeah, I think maybe by the end of next week when it's nearly finished and I sit back, it will be a bit like, oh, wow, this is something quite special. Yeah, I mean, you gave me the guided tour the other day and, you know, I... It was quite blown away by it, but then I remember the days of the hive. So it's it's, it's, quite, it's quite a significant change from that. Yeah, from a, I mean, it, it was a big shed in the garden. Yeah, I mean, it was bigger than most houses in the shed. But yeah, to come from you know back then in them days from the hive going all the way into a, where we are now is, has been quite a transformation. But this new gym, which we should say, is Castle Industrial Estate. Yep. Um, you're going to be doing a lot more than just training. I mean, there's, I was really been quite interested in this community hub concept that you've been working out. I mean, tell us a bit about that, and also where did the inspiration or where did the uh, the idea for that come from? Well, I mean, many many years ago, from my own school days, I really struggled at school, and we call it a gym. Is it a gym? Is it an academy? Is it an education centre? Is it a community hub? It could be labelled 15 different things, I guess. Um, I mean, it's easy to say, let's go to the gym, but it has developed into so much more than the gym. We've always helped children and parents on a one-to-one basis, on a group basis. We deal with a lot of children that are being bullied. We deal with a lot of self-esteem issues. And and we could go on and on about the issues that families and children have. And as we've grown, we've obviously become well-known for doing such a, a, a good job with our students. And I really struggled at school, so I've always wanted to be able to give back to the community a place where they can learn, feel safe, they can grow their confidence without feeling like they're a failure or because they, they're no good at maths or English or, you know, the, you know, the school, inverted commas, you know, you have to have math, science and English to, to get anywhere. Whereas, you have to be academic. Yeah, to be academic. And... Obviously, you come to a kickboxing gym, you wouldn't necessarily think of school or education, but we've got a massive part of education within our system. And the growth with the building and the business is we can now offer even more educational um, wing, armour, leg to what we do. And what we're finding is obviously with COVID this year as well, schools have been shut for half the year. So 
so many children, so many families and parents have really struggled to to teach their... I mean, I can't teach my children how English and science mm. is. So I have to rely on the school system and the school system's fallen over. So just to give the, the children a place that they feel safe and comfortable, normal, mm. um, but we can also help them with some parts of their education as well. Uh, but a lot of it is confidence. I mean, just going back in that, so I mean, you kept the HK... HKA community very much together through the year. You you went online, you did your, your Zoom classes, and it was interesting watching those with your, all the kids who were there, all training away, all still together virtually, but you kept that community alive. And that's something a lot of gyms tried, but weren't particularly successful at achieving. Yeah, and... I guess it depends on who's doing it. Um, I was quite lucky, obviously, Jenny was with me full time. So although we were online, we had me and Jenny, so we, we actually become a bit of a double act and everyone kind of took the mic out of it. But it did actually work. And I think that might have been one of the successes in respects to we did keep it, we tried to keep it as fun as possible, as uplifting as possible. Um, and we just tried to give as much as we could. We didn't realise how tired we were getting because um, obviously you have to, you have to do the class, but when you're in front of a camera and you're in a room with just two of you, there's no energy in the room. Mm. So you almost have to like 10x your energy. Mm. So, you, you know, you're in front of the camera and you're going, hey guys, how are you? Like, I hope you've had a good day. And they were like, oh, it's been rubbish. We've been locked in and haven't gone out and haven't seen anyone. So we had to almost pick us up and the room, but then also them at home, mm. um, which was really fun, but when we come out of the first lockdown, we realised how tired we really were. Yeah, sustaining that over a chunk of time's not yeah. easy. And obviously, we we every day we were ring every day we put two hours aside to ring members, ring ring families. How are you getting on? Is there anything we can do to help? Um, you know, do you want us to talk to your children? Give them some advice. Is there anything we can help with? So we wasn't just on camera doing the Zoom classes. We were every day actively trying to help our members as much as possible. So in the course of this year. When did when did the opportunity arise for the new gym? Did it fall in your lap? Have you been working towards it? Yeah, how, how did it come about? Well, where we are where we are at currently at Brookway has always been a stepping stone. So we we have moved gyms quite a few times, and every time we've moved, it's been out of my control. And when we moved into Brookway, it was a stepping stone to move somewhere else. That was seven years ago, so it was a long stepping mm. stone, uh, and it's quite small. We moved in and then a year later, the landlord said, well, next door's available. Do you want us to knock the wall through and you can have next door? And I was like, well, that would really help. So that happened a year later, next door moved. Maybe because I didn't like all our music every night, but <laughs> they, they moved out and it was a big step. It doubled our gym size. Um, and But we took the risk and, and we went through and, and then we grew again. And I've always looked to move, but with planning applications. We've tried two or three times, failed every time um, for many different reasons. Which is costly in itself. Yes. Um, and every time you get that knockback, you always, it's that another, oh, why do I bother? Mm. I've just spent another thousand pounds, three months of paperwork, you know, three months of getting excited about mm. a new building and then it get, we get told that we can't have it. So we did kind of settle over the next three, four years and we was just like, well, this is cool. This is a great gym. It's still in my head, probably one of the best in the southeast. Anyway, mm. um, you know, we've worked hard to get to where we've got to. Uh, so we just kind of settled, and then over the last probably two years, I've been getting itchy feet a little bit. And again, we've become so busy. We've not had arguments, but we've had disagreements in the car park with the people next door to us because obviously they're struggling to get their clients to their front door because we've got seventy-five cars in the car park. Yeah. So it just become a little bit uncomfortable. So I then started to look again. We did apply for one building, but we got turned down on the planning application mm. at the beginning of the year, which in hindsight has done us a huge yeah. favour because if we'd got it, then we wouldn't be where we're going to now. Mm. Um, so I was a bit gutted when we didn't get that and just thought, okay, cool, we'll stay where we are. Um, then, because I've got two landlords, uh, my other landlord pretty much doubled my rent overnight mm -hmm. um, because we use his space. And he's getting busier. So I think it was a case of double my rent or force me out, if I'm, yeah. if I'm honest. Um, so we, we agreed to the rent increase, but that did then kind of go, right, it really is time for me to... Dispose you on a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it gave me that rocket that I needed. So I started looking more. It's a bit of a long-winded story, but 
my other landlord um, wanted to show me a few different venues. Uh, we we spent a couple of days looking. We looked at a few other venues as well. And then we, we actually settled on where we are now. Uh, and then luckily in September, the planning laws were changed because of COVID and bits and pieces. So we don't need the change of use now, which is, has been the biggest problem. Um, and we were pretty much set to go. So I sort of sat at home for a week thinking, should I, shouldn't I? It's a big step. It's double the space. It's across the other side mm. of town. You know, are the members going to like the move, not like the move? Um, you know, every question you can ever think of come come flowing in. And then I just sort of said to myself, I've got to do it. And when you're doing something like that, you've got the combination of all of those questions and all of those doubts and all of those should I, shouldn't I? Meanwhile, there's also that great high of looking at a facility like that and realising all that you can do with it. Mm. I've had, honestly, I've had a hundred highs and a hundred lows mm. over the last two weeks. Mm. You know, I have massive highs and massive lows at the moment. I mean, I was up there at half Is, it, six is well. anybody going to turn up when I open the door? <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's a, it is a scary step because in my head, I know it's going to work. Mm. And, you know, it is working currently. And then a few people have got, well, why are you moving? You're smashing it. Mm. Like you're doing so well where you are. Why rock the boat? And I'm like, because... In my head, I know I can grow and I'm confident that we can not only make it work, but we can expand again, which we have done. We haven't even opened the doors yet. And then the venue we've got, we we took on half of the building upstairs and the landlord said, would I like next door? And I was like, oh, I don't know if I, I lo- I'd love it, but can I afford it? Is it worth the risk? It's doubling the space again. But yet we decided to take it. <laughs> And now I'm sitting there going, oh, I hope this works. But there's lots of stuff that you're going to be doing that you hadn't done before. I mean, you've you've got the cafe area, you've got the individual rooms for personal training sessions, which you haven't had before. So that's had to kind of fit in around classes. Yeah. The space in the main gym is just huge. Yeah. You know, the, the, the ring sort of hides in a corner, whereas it used to dominate, dominate. the space. Yeah, 25% of the space. Yeah. So... One of the great things about this building, there are many great things, um, is the layout of the space is better. So the, like you said, the ring will sit kind of in a corner now rather than in the middle of the gym. Uh, and then there's only one pillar in the way, but then that's over to one side, which gives us a better matted space. But we then got a separate shoe and coat area. And I know that sounds really silly, but... In martial arts, it's it's yeah. kind of important. Yeah, and when you've got, you know... 40 kids coming mm-hmm. out and 30 kids coming in. Yep. That's a lot of people to put their shoes and coats mm-hmm. on. So we've now got a completely separate area, which is great. We've, <laughs> for the first year, first time in seven years, we've got a changing room. Uh, <laughs> you know, in all fairness, most of the boys will just come in and strip off and yep. change. Um, but, you know, we have a few kind of accountants and solicitors that come in, you know, in their suits and dresses mm-hmm. and stuff. So they've now got their own changing room. We've got our own toilets, which are brand new, which is amazing. We've got our own PT room, which is solely for PTs, which we've never had. So we can now run PTs through the evening, which has obviously always been a big problem because we've been so busy in class, there hasn't been room for a PT, which is fantastic. We've got a separate in and out. We've got a one-way system. We've got, we're sticking in a takeaway bar. I've just brought a a jacket potato oven, um, which as as you know, it turned up and it was a little bit bigger than I thought. So we might have to relocate where I thought I was going to put that. But the idea is we're going to do like healthy jacket potatoes and sweet potatoes and takeaway bar, um, which will hopefully fit in and allow us to go full time. I mean, even last night we finished training at nine o'clock, got home and me and the wife had a jacket potato, but it was 10 o'clock at night. But that potato bar, the, the jacket potato idea, the food idea, that's kind of that's going to extend not just for your members, that's kind of for the community surrounding the place. So, you know, people walk, working at a factory and office nearby can come in and pick up the yeah, the 100%. From you. So the idea. Is, so that's different. That's, that's yeah. something new. Yeah, another scary step. Yeah. So that means another member of staff full time. Um, but the idea is exactly like you said. We can supply Castleham Industrial Estate or Hastings mm-hmm. once we get to that point. The idea is you'll be able to come in late morning, lunchtime, early afternoon, pick up a jacket potato, and we're going to do you know the typical cheese and beans. But mm-hmm. we also want to be able to do like pulled pork and um, chili con carne and all that kind of stuff. As well as we're also thinking about doing like an after school like meal deal for children, like mm-hmm. a like a mini jacket potato, cheese and beans, salad, um, fruit, bottle of water, uh, as a place that, rather than going to McDonald's. Mm-hmm. So 
really exciting. Uh, we haven't even opened our doors yet, and now I've got all these other ideas that are coming along. You having ideas? That's this is unheard of. Yeah, well, one seventy. You're, not, you're an ideas machine. Yeah, that was this morning's thought. Uh, I remember I woke up and I was like, oh, what's the time? Rolled over, one seventeen. And that was it. Then, yeah. And within sort of the kickboxing, the, the martial arts thing, you've got Luke Reed coming across to, I think he's doing some early morning sessions, you were saying, but bringing that K1 and Muay Thai. Yeah, Muay Thai, yeah, Muay Thai. That's, a, that's another dimension. That's something you've, again, never done before. And is our progression yeah I mean for, for us it's a great step in respects to I've had so many people say to me like you should do K1 or Thai I can do K1 and Thai and I, you know I've, I've trained and practiced it over my many years of martial arts but 99% of my life has been kickboxing so although I can do it I would by no means say I'm a master at it and every time every say two three years people go oh should we do some K1 so we do some K1 but Again, 95% of our clients don't enjoy it because getting kicked in the leg and kneed in the stomach hurts. So, you know, the elite fight team love it, but the rest of our members are like, it's a bit too aggressive for mm-hmm. me. So rather than scare them, the opportunity come along. Luke Reed approached me. He heard that we were moving uh, and he come to me and he said, like, would it be right if I joined the team? And I said, yeah, that's absolutely fine. And I said, if I'm honest, rather than coming under the HKA bracket, obviously you'll be in HKA and training with us, but I want you to build your own team. Mm. I want you to be their teacher, their instructor, their then sensei. And I want them to look to you directly as their coach, their you know, the person that's going to put them into bouts and make them fight. Because we won't put anyone in till they're ready or over ready mm. rather than letting them come in the gym for three months and then chuck them in for a fight. That's mm. not how we operate. And I believe previously that's kind of because Luke had someone else matching his fighters mm. to build the team up. That's what they were doing. And I said, oh, I'm not interested in that at all. So uh, Luke is under Lee Whittington's wing, which mm. is um, the Warriors gym up in Whitstable. And I'm quite good friends with Lee as well. And he said he's really happy that Luke's coming over. Um, it's a step that has needed to be yep. made for many years. And Lee's the same. I won't, he won't put anyone in until they're super ready. But that underpins a huge amount of the philosophy of, of EHK and, and, and your, your coaching, hmm. is that if people are going to compete, if people are going to that elite level in sport, you make sure that, you know, I, I, I remember speaking to one of your um, guys who was saying that, you know, if he's not turning up three times a week, if he's not doing X, Y, and Z, then, you know, that's it. Yeah. He's not fighting, so you, you know, you're really strict, and and reflecting that on the on sort of K one in the Muay Thai, that's as I say, that just that just carries on your ethos, that carries on your whole what you believe in, basically what HKA stands for. Yeah, I mean, you know, getting in the ring can be fun and an experience for mm. some people, but for us, it's a little bit more than that. I would rather have five fighters that are ready to compete and do a good job than a hundred fighters that are just jumping in and jumping out for the hell of it. Um, we do have a good team. We have a strong team. We win probably 75% of our bouts, mm. but even with the 25% losses or draws that we're getting, the losses we're getting are against British, European, if not world champions, mm. you know, previous to COVID the last couple of fights we took, um, I remember Billy, he'd had three bouts and he took on a four times Taekwondo world champion. And we was like, yeah, we'll take that. Like, I believe in Billy. He won it yep. as well, yep. which was cracking. Um, a couple that we've lost, what well, George took on, but George had had like, say, seven fights, six wins. Mm-hmm. So most people wouldn't fight him around the 10 fight mark. So we ended up fighting a kid called James Kelly, but he had had like 27 fights, 25 wins, 20 by knockout, something mm-hmm. like that. And it was a massive step. We lost it, but we was prepared to take that risk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to be the best, you've got to fight the best. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, so doing, what, doing what you've been doing already, Luke Reed coming on, it, given the scope and the size of the place, you know, do you have space for, you know, if, if somebody else wants to come along and run a club or operate, do you have the space or is that, is that you about at capacity? Um, we do have the space, yes. It's a case of looking at the diary and seeing what fits. So as a rule, we're fully booked between, say, 4 and 8.30, 9 p.m. Uh, I do know people that run 9 p.m. classes. 
I do know people that run 6am classes. Mm. So we do have space. But as a rule, Monday to Friday, four till nine, we're pretty much fully booked. But we do have day stuff available. We do have weekend stuff available. We have early mornings available. Mm. So I've had a few spin instructors contact me. Um, I'd love to get yoga and Pilates in. That'd be fantastic. As a, as a day session. I know one of the girls that have come on board, she's a dance instructor. So we'd love to get some day stuff, dancing going on mm. as well. Good. Yeah, because as I said, the, 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 the space is phenomenal. And, and from your point of view, to be fully booked, you know, every evening of the week, up until nine o'clock, is it, it says something about the numbers that you're getting through the commitment of the people. Um, and you're obviously doing something right to drag those people in. Talking about commitment, the people that listen to this that are said they're coming back in January, stop Better being lazy. Yeah. <laughs> stop being lazy. You've still got another week left. Um, but joking aside, we do have. So I mean, last night we had. I mean, we, were, we in all fairness, we had it two over. We were actually thirty-four <laughs> in the class because a couple hadn't booked that just yeah. turned up, which is another reason needing the, the bigger space. But I'm blown away by our members commitment and ethos to, to training and I mean it's it's cold it's December it was like half a degree the other day and we still had the full team in yeah. you know it's cold it's wet it's miserable and it's the middle of December and you know we are still pretty much at capacity which is like you know I, I even go home and go did that just happen tonight yeah. like, I went out to the car park yesterday and it was like the M25 you mm. couldn't move it was insane which is great but we're in the middle of December in a, in a half lockdown and yet, you know, we're still doing what we're doing. But more than just reflecting on that, I mean, looking back over 10, 15 years in terms of where you've come from, you know, there was the, the disappointment in the first castle in place. You were still working for BT full time and doing this in the evening. Um, and now you are where you are. It's full time. You, you, you've got people working for you. Sometimes you must look back at those days, you know, joining wires and a telephone exchange somewhere and kind of pinch, you, pinch yourself as to where you are yeah that is I always remind myself where I've come from mm. I always always look back I mean even last week I was driving to the gym it's pissing down with rain and windy and I was, I was watching a guy I was in traffic and was watching a guy try to set his ladder up to go up a pole and I was like <laughs> A I'm really glad that's not me anymore but I, I'm, you know I was at BT 17 years mm. and I run HKA alongside of it side by side you know getting up at 5am two hours of paperwork 10 hours at BT four hours at the gym another couple of hours of paperwork mm. three hours sleep four hours sleep and doing it again six days a week um, I've always been a grafter and I don't mind grafting obviously going full time has in a way slowed me down but in other ways has actually made me do more work because obviously now if I don't work I don't earn yeah. if it doesn't work it's on my shoulders so I, I'm very humbled. I'm very happy. I'm, I'm very honoured that we are as busy as we are. But a lot of it is down to the hard work and the good team that I've got around me, allowing me to get to where we get to. But that's taken time. The amount of work you have in life is directly. The amount of work you have in life is in direct proportion to the amount of hard work you put in. Someone once told me. Definitely. Um, and it's, it stands true. And also, people say you're lucky. Like people say to me, "Oh, you're lucky you've got your own gym." And I'm sure they'll say when we move to the new place and open, "Oh, you're really lucky." And it's like, well, no one, you know, Dad didn't go. Here, here, son, it's fifty grand mm -hmm. to go and buy yourself a gym. I didn't win the lottery. None of it was luck in respects to I was just given something. Mm -hmm. um, if anything, my dad gave me a load of debt. Is <laughs> <laughs> um, that? Uh, you know, my dad's always been. You know, my love with my dad is my dad's there to support me. Whatever yep. I need, he he will do his best to help yep. me. But everything we've built has been from the ground up. You know, I've been I've been on my ass living in a caravan. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in a tough time many years. Like when I first split up with Jenny, and I've had to rebuild it, and I've built it from mm -hmm. the ground up by myself. And obviously, as it's as it's built momentum, it, it's it's got stronger and stronger. And, and just in the growth of the gym, you know, aside from your personal growth, the growth of the gym has kind of reflected that because, as we touched on earlier, you you, you had a place at Castleham, and again, planning issues because that didn't work out. Yeah. And you kind of retrenched. You didn't just do nothing, but you created the hive in the garden. Yeah. Um, you had some classes at William Parker. You yeah. then got the Ivy House Lane at the, the 
wide place. And you started, you built and developed. You, you weren't just happy with what you've got. You built and developed. And you built and developed. And all the way along, you built and developed. Mm. I, I still more than the passing of the hive. It was a fantastic little, I, I little, it was a fantastic little place. Yeah, I, I need to explain the hive for the people that are listening because people are going, you know. What's that? Going, yeah. So, very long story short, uh, I was married to Jenny. And by the way, we still get on fantastically. But long story short, we got divorced. Um, I moved out and had to move into a caravan. Two years after depression and and a bit of a rough time, uh, me and my dad put our money together and we brought a house together so we could buy a slightly bigger house. So I had the annex on the side of the main house, a little two up, two down. But on the back was a massive shed and everyone's going, okay, shed. It was 27 foot by 30 foot over two floors. It was ginormous, uh, you know, nine by 10 metres. It's very cold as well. Yeah, it's very cold, yeah. But it was bigger than most houses as a floor plan. And that, I mean, it was a koi carp fish tank when we brought it. Mm. So we had to spend three months putting a new roof on, ripping the bricks out, concrete reinforced walls. So it was hard graft. Spent about 10 grand on that. Mm. But because I'd lost my other gym because of planning, like you said, I had to retreat and go somewhere. So we set up a... A small gym in the back garden. When I say small, you could fit forty-five people in there. So <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was madness. But that—that's the hive that become almost like a sweat pit, like a rocky yeah. bower out in the mountains. But it, it was in my back garden. Um, and then that's where we moved to William Parker. And then again, our numbers grew and grew. Mm. And that was just in a sports hall with mats mm. on the floor. Had no equipment, and we still had the equipment, but we couldn't get it out mm. every time. And then we moved. We actually moved away from there and then come back because William Parker kicked us out and then a year later said we can come back. Um, and then that's when we moved to uh, Brookway, our house mm. lane, and we had a, a small, sort of smallish 900 square foot. And then we've grown and grown from there. And every time you get that knock back and, you know, you do have moments where you think, oh, again, we've got to move. We've got to shut for a week. We've got to spend more money on developing the building. But, you know, I sulk for a couple of days, have a little cry. <laughs> Everyone tells me to pull my head out my ass, and then a couple of days later, I'm kind of ready, and yeah, and then start marching forward, and the march turns to a run, and the cold daddy mindset kicks in, and you're off yeah. and running again. Yeah, at and four I, o'clock I thought, in the morning. Yeah, and I thought, in all fairness, I thought I was done. Um, and now look at us. We've took on, you know, we've gone from two thousand seven hundred square foot to four thousand two hundred mm. square foot, and then we've just took on another two thousand square foot yeah. on top of that. Yeah. And it's, yeah, when you say that, it's very scary. Um, but then that there's that bit of me just says, just do it, just go for it. Well, yeah, you don't achieve your goals by not taking risks and not trying things out. No. Not, not doing stuff. Not too bad. <laughs> it's you know, not too bad for when the teacher used to say to me, you're amount to nothing and, you know, get a real job and what are you ever going to do with your life? Mm. And kind of, yeah. we're now setting up a school. We're actually going to try and go for Ofsted classification once we're open as well fantastic which would be really cool all, and that's all great stuff to put you know, stick in the wall put in the CV mm. get out there um, how much is you, know, you talk quite often about how much kickboxing has meant to you the huge chunk of your life that kickboxing has occupied and obviously the a sport like boxing kickboxing but yeah, a one-on-one combat sport. It kind of teaches you a resilience, and uh, you know, if you get knocked down, you've got to get back up again because there's not a lot of option. But that does seem to translate into your business life as well, and and you know, all that you do, you can kind of almost just see those those reflections back to the sport that has been so much part of you. Yeah, um, I guess anyone that knows me will know that I, you know, wasn't fantastic at school, mainly because I wasn't very academic. But martial arts has been, you know, in my blood since I was nine, ten years old. I was forty this year, so you know, a good few years. You don't look it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Martial arts keep me young. If anyone's listening, <laughs> I feel it at times. That's for sure. But yeah, like you said, in a fight, and I know you, you've boxed and done judo and martial arts yourself. So, but w- when you're in the ring, there's you and one other person. You don't have a football team around you. You don't have people on the bench. You can't, you know, you can't substitute. You know, you're there and it's do or die, it's win or lose. Mm. And and they say, you know, you, you win or you learn. Mm. But if if you have the mindset of, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if I lose, then you're going to get hurt. Mm. So 
it, you have to have the mindset of you're going to win. Whatever happens, you're going to going to win. And the hardest thing in, in a bout is if you get knocked down, whether it be a body shot or a head shot, once you're lying on the canvas and you look up and the ref's going six, seven, and you're like, oh, that really hurt. And you've got to make that mindset, nothing else, to get back up quickly, you know, mm-hmm. and put your guard up and go again. Now, if they've knocked you down once, there's a high chance you might go down again. So you've really got to be on your game and you've, you've got to be so confident, um, humbly, quite, quietly confident rather than arrogant, but you've got to be able to get up and go. And I guess from the age of 10, I've learned that because I'm not the tallest. I'm certainly not the broadest. I've always had uphill fights. I've always fought people taller and heavier and older than me. So I've always had an uphill fight. So I, I guess I learned from the age of 10, 11 upwards that it's always going to be about battle. But I guess that's taught me the resilience to, to say, okay, cool. Whatever you're going to throw at me, I will take. And I'll throw it back at you twice mm-hmm. as hard. And I, I suppose that's where my business brain has come in. Mm-hmm. My, I, I don't see it as entrepreneurial, but I guess it is entrepreneurial in the respects to the way the growth of the business has become. And it isn't just a kickboxing gym. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, There's been so much growth over the last few years. And it's just applying that that same mindset to different to different circumstances. Yeah, when someone tells me I can't do it, I'm like, well, I can and I will. So for uh, you know, like this jacket potato oven idea, <laughs> and uh, a few people have said to me that I'm mental, um, but I, I I honestly feel in my heart it will work. I believe it will. Work. And don't get me wrong, there's always that what if, and I'm not sure. <laughs> there's always that level of doubt which kind of keeps me grounded, but I'm you know 80 85 percent confident it will work and. It will work because we are, you know, for example, at Castleham, there's 150 businesses that have got all staff and they all need to eat. So rather than going to, you know, no offence, the burger van, which I went to this morning because I haven't eaten since the club, <laughs> but, you know, they can have a healthy jacket potato and they mm. can have more option. Because yep. at the moment, all there is is one burger van on the whole site. Yeah, a bit of choice. Yeah. And, you know, who doesn't like choice? Going back to your growth and, and your learning, I mean, a couple of years ago, you, you, decided that you hadn't graded or been competitive for a while so it was time to do that again I mean that must have been a big step I think I remember seeing a photograph that came out of that and I think a message you to say you know, God, it's the first time I've ever seen you looking knackered <laughs> but you know you, you were coming up to 40 at that point yeah. you know people respected you respected what you were able to do what you were able to teach so you didn't need to take that step to do that extra grading so what was the motivation? What what drove you to do that? I always like to improve myself, whether it be physically, mentally, um, even academically now. You know, that's something I've learned certainly over the last three or four years with business is, you know, I need to be a bit stronger with my English and my maths. And even with the business side, you know, I've needed to up my game as it's grown. So I've, I've been away on a few years of... Um, courses and development mm. training and stuff to, to try to make myself better and part of that was I hadn't graded for as you said quite a few years and I, I kind of felt like everyone that trains underneath me has graded and gone gone away on a few courses and I thought well I've not practiced what you preach and I, you know I haven't done it for a while and maybe I should take myself out of my comfort zone again mm. and I actually had to put it back uh, a year, so I started training in January for the great. So the the grading's only once a year for the blacks, and I'm going for my third dan. So I started training in January for the grading in July, and I got to June and I realised I wasn't fit enough, or in my head I wasn't happy with my mm. development over the six months. So I actually delayed it for a year. So I actually said to like, I'm not going to grade in July. I need another year to make myself fitter and stronger and more flexible. And, you know, because I'm not 19 anymore. Yeah. It took a little yeah. bit longer. Um, so yeah, I delayed it for a year. So I actually ended up training for a year and a half. And I'm glad I did because it was hard. It was a five-hour yeah. physical grading and it was hell. Absolute hell. But i done it and I passed it. And I remember doing it. Uh, the two other guys, they were 19 and 21. They were going for their first down and their second down. <laughs> Um, you know, they were both like six foot, six foot one, and all they do is fight train. I mean, they were machines. Yep. But I remember then I couldn't kick as sharp as them because I'm not 19 anymore. Mm-hmm. But there was no way they were going to outwork me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually lost four and a half kilos in the grading because I weighed myself before I started. I actually changed clothes five times. It was that yeah. bad. I mean, it was one of the hottest days of the year. It was like 34 degrees. It was insane. Um, 
But yeah, there was no way they was outworking me. Towards the end, I um, strained slash partly tore my hip flexor. Um, when we were sparring, again, one of the guys was like a European champion and he put me on my knees twice, which is hard for me to take. And um, even the instructors were like, Carl, you can take a minute. I was like, no, it's fine. I'll breathe tomorrow. <laughs> I got up and carried on. So technically, I, in my head, they were better than me, but there's no way they outworked me at all. And it's you know, that issue, dealing with that issue of your hip, it's having the knowledge and the experience and the age to, mm. to adapt and to, to, to work around an issue. But, I mean, you, you must have felt a huge sense of achievement at the end of that day to, to, yeah. to have passed. I had a little cry. Yep. Um, yeah, it was up in Birmingham, so it was a long drive home as well. And Charlotte sat and watched the whole thing, and she's like, how have you, like, because she's never watched that kind of level. And even she was like, I'm just like, I can't believe what you've just had to mm. go through. And I was like, well, you know, to be at this level, it's what you've got to do. Mm. It's, you know, so it is. I don't agree with people that can grade for two years and get their black belts. Mm. And, you know, they do a two hour grading and do mm. like one round of sparring and, you know, they're a black belt. Yeah. For me personally, that's not what being a black belt is about. Um, and that's not how we grade our people. And also it's it's that other... You know, it's a notch in the on the door, if you like. It's it's you lead by example. You know, so you you don't get people to do things that you haven't done yourself, and mm. putting yourself through that Pain. training process <laughs> to, to get to that grading yeah. you know, is 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 letting people see that you're still ready, willing, and able to to do what needs to be done to do what you want to achieve, to get what you want to achieve. Yeah, I mean, I, I love being in the trenches, as I say. So when mm. my when the elites are in, the fight team are in, I like training with them. You know, I'll take my instructor jacket off, put my sweatsuit on, put my hand wraps on, and I'll train with them. Yeah. And, I, you know, I love I love getting involved. I don't like standing on the side and shouting, and, mm. you know, running drills and sets that in my head that I can't do. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm 40 now, so the injuries take a little bit longer mm -hmm. to, to heal, and I do have to be slightly careful. But that doesn't stop me. I still like buying down on my gum shield, jumping in the ring and having a tear up with them. How long that's going to last for? Who it knows? never I mean, goes away. No. I was going to say, I know that you still have a good old tear up, <laughs> even the other weekend that you were coming out of the gym covered in blood. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I don't think it will ever go away. Mm. I'm just, I'm aware that it's not going to get easier. Mm. But all the time I've got two arms and two legs and my heart's beating, I think I'll be on the mats and, yeah. you know, I don't want to sit, you know, at the back of the class shouting and making everyone do stuff that I can't do myself. So as as, as long as I'm abled and physically mm. strong enough, then I'll I'll be on the mats with them. I mean, I noted down in my sort of list of, of questions or subjects to cover, you know, recipe for success. But really, in, in what we've chatted about, that is the recipe for success. Hard work. Mm. That's it. Yeah. Hard work. And now, don't get me wrong, there are. I mean, whatever you do, I guess, you've just got to be prepared to grind, whether it be an accountant, a solicitor, a gardener, working at McDonald's, mm. you know, whatever, wherever you are being a parent, it's hard work. And if you have that lazy mindset or can't be bothered mindset, then things won't happen. Mm. Um, whereas if you're prepared to work at whatever level, then you'll slowly go up the ladder, I guess. Mm. And again, I, I don't want to, I'm, you know, I'm quite heavily dyslexic and I do struggle. And we done a presentation the other day with uh, with our cadets, which are aged seven to 11. And we were talking about bullying and, you know, what you need as a as a human to kind of help back, tackle bullying. And we was like, you know, resilience, strength, confidence and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and then we was like, right, when you were at school, how do you deal with it? So one of them was like, you know, ignore the bully. So one of the, the children, age nine, said, uh, what does that sound like? Ignore. And they're like, no, it doesn't. I'm like, yes, it does. Ignore. And they're like, no, it's not. And I'm like, yes, egg, no. So I spelt it E-G-G, no. <laughs> um, so, you know, when I, when I was at school, and my, but, you know, we didn't have Google and, you know, Alexa yep. and all that kind of stuff. It was like looking in the diary. So when, um, when they would say, well, if you get the first three letters, you'll find it in the, uh, in the dictionary. And that quite clearly shows <laughs> when you spell ignore, E-G-G, you can't find it in the bloody dictionary. It's having arguments at school, but equally, you know, the, the you see you, you're heavily dyslexic. You know, many people use that as an excuse for not doing things. But you know, my view of you is that you've never let that stand in your way. Um, it's probably my driving force. Mm. 
to 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 prove to my old teachers and you know the people that told me that I would never amount to anything yep. or get to you know to get to where we are today I, that was probably the rocket mm. that I needed when I was 12 13 um, there are many entrepreneurs and some very successful people that are really heavily dyslexic mm. um, you know Mr Virgin mm. can't even remember his name Richard Branson hey, Richard Branson can't make me look stupid no. <laughs> uh, yeah so like people like Richard Branson you know many other people like you know multi nowhere near that kind of level but when he was at school he was really dyslexic mm. uh, obviously he still is now but just because you've got that you shouldn't let that stop you from achieving what you can achieve you just need to believe in yourself have confidence and be prepared to work hard I mean you you touched on it when you were talking about the, about the, 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 the class the other night and we've done a whole separate podcast on the issue of bullying but I don't think we can sort of weave without touching on the issue because it is again it's one that's fundamental to the ethos of of HKA it's kind of written in your DNA yeah um, we deal with it every day literally every day as the years go by it gets worse with Snapchat Instagram social media it's very easy for someone to you know have a pop at someone be a keyboard warrior and then it spreads quite virally very quickly so whereas before you know back in the day if me and you had an argument We've just sorted it out beyond a bind, checked mm. and you were done. Now it's, have you seen what he said and she said? And then their 10 friends getting involved and then someone's filming it. And it can last for weeks. And then people get isolated because they're sticking at home and then they won't go out. And then you're having to argue with 10 people, not one person. Mm. I remember oh, literally yesterday, someone tried to sell something on Facebook that was broken for a tenner. It had been up three hours and had three, 563 comments of argument because someone sold something for a tenner and it was broken. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you should give our money back and no, you broke it. And it's like, oh my God, this isn't like, they just, it's a tenner. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying tenner's not a lot of money, but, but, you know, what it created for the yes. sake of £10 over this one thing was insane. And we found that the biggest um, armament for bullion is self-confidence and believe in yourself mm. I, I know that it's not easy to do but it is that simple mm. is is allowing them to believe in themselves to be confident enough to tackle whatever comes at you and then again there's a girl that I'm teaching at the moment um, I was actually her mum come up to help at the gym today because she she said she felt so in debt she's had five one-to-ones with me and she's a completely different girl because mm. she feels so much more confident. She's bullied, bullied at school, hated herself. And, you know, she's she's just, she's 12 years old, you know, completely normal child, but she's got some freckles, she's got curly hair and they're like, yeah. you're freckly. So she hates herself. So, you know, her mum was saying like, you've completely transformed her in like five lessons and I'm indebted to you. So if I've got a day off and can come and help you for the morning, then I'll come up. And... All we've done really is built her confidence, allowed her to believe in herself. But the, the way we've done that is, I know this might sound bad to some people that are listening, but if you can come to a gym or a dojo or a martial arts center, and once you've built your confidence to learn how to stand and get hit, you know, if someone calls you a curly head freak or a, you know, a gap to tooth or whatever they're gonna call you, it's just words and names. If you can have someone punch you square in the face at the gym, and you go, is that all you've got? Give me another one, please. You know, that bully's going to go, well, words don't hurt them. Punching them doesn't hurt them. Yep. What have I got? You know, I remember being punched square in the face, hard at, at Parker. And because obviously my resilience was quite strong to being hit because I'd had it every day of my life. Um, I just got hit and just turned around and looked at him and went, is that what you got? And he looked at me and he was like, I've just hit him with my best right hand. And it didn't work. And it hasn't even phased him. And now he's asked me if that was right. Uh, and then everyone else was then taking the mick out of him because yep. they thought he was a pussy because he couldn't hurt me. Yep. And obviously everyone was saying to me, hit him back. And I'm like, what's the point? He's hit me as hard as he can. He didn't hurt. <laughs> so why do I need him back? I've proved everything because I don't even need to touch him because he can't hurt me. Yep. And that was enough then um, to, to stop him ever bullying me again. And I didn't even actually touch him. I actually think he broke his finger when he'd done it. <laughs> which is quite ironic. <laughs> um, but my point is this this young girl's come to us because she doesn't believe in herself. We've built up her confidence within herself. But with the bullying at school, if she can put up with me pushing her about and knocking her around the head and she can start taking, again, if you know martial arts, front kick, jab cross, if you don't, you're basically getting punched in the face. 
you know, someone at school pushing you, poking you, is it nice? No. Should they do it? No. But if, rather than it affecting you and going home and, you know, being in a really bad place, if they push you and you go, that's all right, doesn't hurt, do it again if you like, that mindset changes mm. and then therefore nothing can hurt you and you've almost got this bulletproof armour. And while people say, you know, bullying is unacceptable, in it- Bullying is not acceptable in any situation. The sad reality of life is, you can say that, but it still happens. Mm, more so now. Yeah. I mean, I still get bullied from time to time. Um, obviously not by children, <laughs> sometimes not from children. Uh, you know, but in the workplace, uh, yeah. you know, from landlords or, you know, people in the car park mm-hmm. or business owners that think that they own the car park. That You know, all that yeah. kind of stuff, you know, it still goes on. Mm. You can get it while you're walking around Tesco's and someone thinks they own the aisle, like, yeah. It happens all the time, just on very small levels. But it's just other people thinking they're better than you and yeah. then trying to pull you down and surround yourself by people that will pull you up. Mm. And then you surround yourself with a better circle. And in theory, it slowly gets less. So you have more opportunity and chance to deal with that in the bigger place as well. Yeah. Spread that message too. That's the plan. I mean, this, given that you've, you've just sort of kind of doubled your four space and, <laughs> and, and, you're, and you're just about to move up to this it, it seems a bit daft to ask you what's next and it's kind of was that cliched old interview question you Carl where do you see yourself in five years but oh. realistically I mean what what ambitions do you have what you know, what what do you want to achieve well I pinch myself every day and I would I didn't see myself being where I am today, even six months ago. And then previous to that, you know, five years ago and so on. Every year, I keep, honestly, I've said said to myself every single year, right, this year, I'm just going to settle. I'm just going to be normal. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and move or expand or, you know, I'm just, I just want to sit comfortable. And every single year I end up (laughs) doing something and, you know, kind of expanding or getting a new member of the team and, building the timetable even further, taking on another school. Um, But I just love the challenge. Where do I see myself? At the moment, as of today, I just want the new place to open, to run smoothly as possible. We want to get the community hub up and running, which is going to be next door, like within the building, but next door to us. And I guess 2021, hopefully COVID will calm down a bit. We can open up the new facility we can start hitting each other we again. We can start hitting each other again. Yeah, I missed that. I missed punching my friends. Um, and and kind of just help the community more than we are already, if that's possible. Uh, the community hub will help more. Hopefully get charity status next year as well. Um, and just kind of let the place open and settle. But I know in a month's time, there'll be something else on the planet or horizon or on my plate. And also, you know, you you allow yourself to be open to ideas. So, as, you know, where you are in five years, you've probably not even thought of yet, no. but something will come along along the way. No, I mean, I guess as the school grows, we work with a lot of schools as it mm. is, but I I can feel something in my veins with the schools. Mm. I've already been approached this week from one already, but the the location of the new academy the set out and the layout and the size, I honestly feel that we can go to schools, academies, colleges, um, or maybe even further universities mm. and offer um, seminars, conferences, workshops, because mm. it's it's that kind of size. Um, and You're perfect for that. Yeah, may, maybe go to the next level. I don't know what the next level is, but yeah. that's kind of what I can... There's something ticking away somewhere. I'm not sure what it is yet. But. The next level is probably the ground floor when it becomes available. <laughs> well, I think they're turning <laughs> storage, but you know, you never know. You never know. Who knows? It's exciting times. Though. I'm, yeah. I'm very excited. Obviously, I'm nervous as well. And then I try and turn that nerves back into kind of a bit more confidence and just allow that to force me forwards. And again, coming from the fighting background, that using your nerves. Yeah, I, I, I've watched interestingly the training sessions. And you see people who physically should be capable once they get in the ring of doing something, but their nerves are what defeat them. And they crush them, yeah, 100%. And it's that, it's that thing about using using nerves to give you energy, to give you drive, to give you whatever it is you need to move yourself forward. I honestly think that's when we're strongest, mm. is you know when, you're, when your back's against the ropes, 
and you're taking a beating, that's it's do or die. Mm. And for me, that's when I'm strongest. I think. And it goes back to that thing you were saying earlier about when when when, when you're boxing, kickboxing, it is it is you and, and and one opponent, and in life it's kind of you against the world. Mm. Um, and you, the vase, there's a song somewhere says the vase is, is the vase is long and mainly with yourself, and actually that's quite true as well. And you're well ahead. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Don't feel it today. I'm naked, but yeah, it's um, it, it's going well. Yeah. I'm I'm extremely thankful for. You know, we, we've had an extremely positive couple of months, even mm. with COVID and, yep. the, you know, the negative we've, we have had been, our growth has been amazing. The team around me have been amazing. Obviously, we work hard collectively to give as much as we can. The parents, families around us have been great. You know, even, even my landlords have been fantastic. Yep. So at the moment, I feel like we're on a real positive journey. Yep. And we've took Sarah on from... Uh, she runs Rainbows Parenting and Children Children's Services, and she's coming on board, and she's added even more energy. Yeah. So we're really looking forward to the to the growth in twenty twenty one. Brilliant, Carl. As always, it's been really enjoyable talking to you. It's um, never a dull moment, <laughs> and uh, yeah, all the best of luck for twenty twenty one. But you know, to think, as I said earlier, work and hard work go together, and you're not afraid of the hard work. I'm definitely not afraid of that. That's good. Well, thank you so much for having me. I know, I know this is, I, I wanted to just sit down and have a catch up with you anyway, but I really appreciate you taking your time and kind of walking me through a few steps. It, it's helping me unravel a few things that I needed to do today as well. So that's really good. And it's a slight reminder to just take a step back and look at what we have mm. achieved rather than being in the middle of a building site and just thinking <laughs> I've got too much work to do over the next two weeks. <laughs> good thank you thank you Emma and again guys I just want to say thank you so much for listening I really do appreciate it Um, I hope you take some value if you are a child or if you are a parent with a child that is struggling I honestly feel that you know my story of really struggling at school to where we've got to now is is proof that if you're prepared to work hard if you're prepared to not listen to the haters and take your own journey um, then you will get there it might be hard work but you will get thank you for listening if you enjoyed today's chat have any questions or feedback for us or would like to be on one of our podcasts leave a review and we will happily get back to you if you would like more details on how Hastings Kickboxing Academy can help you or a family member find all our contact details in the show notes Make sure you subscribe to HKA's Kickstart Your Confidence podcast. And remember, it's not just a sport, it's a way of life.